Good morning, Cornerstone Church. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. And uh, we're so thank you for, for joining us today. I know um, this is going to be a great day. I'm thankful for the worship. I'm thankful for that video. I have a word just right now, just uh, a scripture I want to give to all women out there. I feel like the Lord um, put this on my heart, and it's out of Psalms chapter 37. Uh, verse 1. He says, Do not fret because of evil doers, not be, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. But look what it says here. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Listen, I want to honor all women today because God honors you, and he loves you. And I believe this word is for you, and he's saying delight yourself in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him, and he shall bring it to pass. I don't know what's in your heart this morning. I don't know what's going on in here, but God knows, and he has this word for you that he's going to bring whatever's in here to pass. I want you to be blessed with that. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, to all the women. Listen, your harsh desires is God's heart, and he loves you, and he's desiring to show it to you. Amen? Amen. Well, welcome, everybody, to Cornerstone Church today. Um, we're on a series, The End of the World, and I'm going to finish that series today, which the end is really what we're looking towards. This is, the, this is um, everything that we're believing God for. We are going to be talking about our reward today. So it's the end of the world, yes, as we know it, but it's the beginning. There's a new beginning happening right now. And so if you're on our app, you can, you can follow along with us on our notes that are on there. And I encourage you to do so because we've been on this story about the end of the world. And it's not something that we want to um, be fearful of. It's something that we want to have joy in, but there's a purpose in it as we are here on this earth. So part one, week one, was all about that the time is close, and we are close to the end. Uh, part two, week two, was about the church age and the letters that Jesus gave to the churches and how we should be preparing also that we don't need to leave our first love. We need to rise up in passion. In fact, any type of end-time teaching should increase your passion for the Lord and the things of God. And last week, we had to go through talking about the tribulation. I know it was rough. It wasn't easy. But thank God that as, as believers, um, I believe we're not going to have to go through that and that God is going to take us up before that, what we call the rapture. But there's a preparation because we don't want anybody to go through that. But today, we're going to deal with the last three chapters that are in the book of Revelation. And, and, and it's really talking about the very end. And, uh, and so Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, I want you to see here, and you can turn to your Bibles. It says, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. There is something he's going to chain, and it shows it here. He sees the dragon, the, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him 
for a thousand years. So this is what's happening after the tribulation. That um, after that, that seven and a half, that seven years of bad times, things that, that are terrible, the, the disease, the, the, the dying, the wars, and everything that's going to go on. This is after the, um, uh, uh, the time where uh, Jesus comes with his church and Armageddon happens, and then we have the wedding supper of the Lamb, then Christ is going to reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years. There's going to be a thousand years of peace. And then after the thousand years, here we are in Revelation chapter 20, after that thousand years of peace, Satan is bound in the abyss until the end of the thousand years, and, we re- and then is released for a short time. The final battle is going to happen the lake of fire, and then verse 11 happens. Re- Revelation 20, 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky, fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were, were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. There's a judgment coming here. And then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The, the lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of of fire. And so this is this is talking about the judgment. So the the 7 years of tribulation already happened, the 1000 years of peace where Jesus rules and reigns with us on this earth and now judgment happened. We call this the great white throne judgment. This is the end. Um, of the whole world. And then after this judgment is the new heaven and new earth. But who is going to be judged here? Who will be judged here? And there's, there's, there's some understanding. We know who's going to be judged. Number one, the unsaved dead at all time. The unsaved. These are people who have rejected Jesus, who died on this earth from all time, from the beginning of time, will be judged uh, during this time. The second person is going to be judged is Satan. Satan's going to be finally judged at this time. At the end of the world, he'd already given another chance and he tried to take over again, but it failed again, of course, and he is going to be judged. And then his fallen angels who rebelled against God are going to be judged. And then number four, this is where will believers be here? Are believers going to be judged here? Now, some say that there are actually three judgments that are going to happen. Some believe that all three judgments are going to happen at this time. Um, I personally believe that's not going to happen. But here are the three judgments. The first judgment is the sheep and the goats. And that's happened in Matthew. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 25. And this takes place right after the tribulation period, I believe. The sheep and the goats. But prior to the millennium. And its purpose is to determine who's going to be coming in to the millennium kingdom. The second judgment is of, of our works as believers. And it's referred to as the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And at this judgment, Christians are going to receive the degree of reward for their service to God of what they did 
and how faithful they were on this earth. And the third judgment is what we're talking about here in Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. And I believe this is a, a judgment of unbelievers, of Satan, and uh, his kingdom is going to be judged here. And the judge, after their judge, according to their works, they're going to be sentenced to everlasting punishment in the lake of fire. And so this is the judgment in Revelation 20. Now in Revelation 21, verse 1, look what it says here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And listen, this, all this end times, everything that we're living even for today, we are looking for this eternity. This is when eternity, the thousand years is just a moment in eternity. This is when, when God creates a new heaven and a new earth. In fact, the rest of the book of Revelation is about the new heaven and new earth. This is our reward. The new heaven and the new earth is our final reward here. And a lot of people don't understand this. They, they, they don't understand heaven. They don't understand the new earth. They don't understand the reigning with Jesus. But, but it's a great place. This is what, even now, as believers, we should be looking forward to. We should be excited about. No matter what the struggles are going on here, this reward for eternity, we're going to live forever with God, is greater than anything we've ever been through. Anything that we receive on earth. I, I've heard people, I don't, I don't want to go to heaven. I, don't want, I, don't, I like the earth the way they, we have it. It's going, it's not, this what we have here doesn't compare because, because there's something greater, trust me, that we're going in here. And here's four things I want you to know about this new heaven and new earth. Number one, heaven and this new earth is a real place. This is a real place. It's, not, it's, it's a physical place. In fact, Revelation 21, 14 says this, the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And see, see heaven is a place that's tangible, it's, it's, it has, it's, it's 1,400 miles in every direction. Walls are 216 feet thick with solid jasper. Uh, the, the, the streets are gold. They're transparent. Gates made from a single pearl. It's lit up by the glory of God. Uh, the gates are made uh, 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 just in, enormous. When they come into the gates, you open up and they glisten by the glory of God. And this is what is waiting for us. It's a real place. It's tangible. I can touch it. It's, if you think that when you, when you die and you think about eternity and all it is, you think about that you're going to be this big fat baby uh, playing a harp, you have it completely wrong. You aren't going to be some naked baby on a cloud. And I, maybe some of you like that, but it ain't going to be that way. You're going to be a real person with a real body, with worshiping the Lord. Yes, that's going to go on. But we're living on, going to be living what God has always intended us to be. It's a real place. The second thing is heaven is a relational place. Revelation 21.3 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, This is God. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. I love that. I love that verse. You understand this? It's relational. Who is it relational? With other people? Yes. 
but also with God Almighty is going to be walking with us, our Father, our Creator. This is our reward, that we have that, not, not just a relationship like we have now, but a relationship. He's right in front of me. We're going to be able to see Him and hang out with Him. You, you are going to recognize Him. You're going to see Him. There's going to be other people in, 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 this, in this new heaven and new earth that you're going to recognize. First Thessalonians says we're going to be able to meet them. There's going to be a reunion. Nations are described in the new heavens and new earth. You know, God likes diversity. He likes people from all over, all colors. He loves it. There's going to be national and ethnic distinctions. God created nations for his pleasures. Romans 22, 2 says, On each side of the river, on each side of the river of the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding the fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. God likes different kinds of people. He loves nations. I don't care if it's I don't care who if you don't like anybody here, get saved. If you don't like different colors, get saved. Some people, well, if they're going to be there, I'm not going to be there. That's probably true. You won't be there if you don't like them. God loves all. God loves all. And we're going to all be there. It's going to be a big reunion. Some say, is my my dog going to be there? Most likely, you know, I can't prove this in the Bible, but most likely, yes. Now, I'm almost positive cats will be with Satan in the lake of fire. No, I'm just joking. But uh, I, I believe that we're going to eat, animals are going to be there. Heaven is going to be a relational place. It's a real place, but also number three, heaven is a perfect place. It's perfect. This is something that we want to be a part of because not only is it relational, it's where everything has been made right. Relationships are right. There's no more jealousy. There is no more hate. There's there's nothing like that in heaven, in this new heaven, in this new earth. Bodies are going to be made right. They're going to be made exactly why, how they were supposed to be made perfect, um, live forever. Life is going to be fully there. No evil is going to be present. Evil is completely absent from this. Animal and plant kingdom uh, is going to return to the original state. You're not going to need a police force. You're not going to need an army. You're not going to need insurance. You're not going to need weapons because there's no destruction. All sorrow, death, and even painful memories of the past are going to be removed. Revelations 21.4 says this, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. For the old order of things is gone we're going to have everything is going to be made right. And then number four, heaven is a rewarding place. This is our reward, church. And really, to be honest with you, this is crazy. I, we didn't do anything to deserve it. Jesus did everything. He saved us and he's given us a reward. Revelation 22, uh, 12 says this, Behold, I am coming soon. Jesus is saying this. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. We are going to re re have a re reward, and we're going to have that. It's going to be great, and I'm excited about that. So that's coming. This is what we look forward to. 
We look forward to him coming. Yes, I look forward to Satan being defeated. I look forward to the thousand-year reign, yes. But I also look forward to the new heaven and the new earth. But what do we do now? So what should we do? Until then, what should we do? See, Titus 2, 3, 13 excuse me, says this. While we wait for the blessed hope. What's the blessed hope? Christ returning. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What should we do? So I'm going to give you some things on what we need to do. Number one, we need to refocus our energies. We need to refocus our energies. Because it's so important that we, we come to a place of realizing what's important in our life. Look at Matthew 16, 6, verse 19 through 20. It says, Do not store up yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up yourself treasures in heaven. Why? Because we need to refocus on what we do. We all are busy, and we're busy doing things that are temporal. But we need to be so busy on doing things that are eternal, and, and that is what's going to matter. So refocus, you may have to refocus your energy. What, is, what are you doing that is eternal? You know, I take this, this, this attitude towards raising my kids, my three kids. And my heart in raising them is not just, I, yeah, I want them to be successful in this life. I want them to have a good education. I want them to enjoy life on this earth. I, I want that. I believe God wants that. But that's not eternal. That is temporal. My whole goal, what if they, my kids went through, through this, this life and they had all the riches, they had everything provided for them, they, they enjoyed a great life, but they forgot their Savior. And what kind, of, what kind of heart would I be as a dad to let them go through life? My whole focus is, number one, do you love Jesus passionately? That's what I want. Because all these other things are going to pass away. It doesn't mean we don't do some of these other things, but our focus is going to be turned around and we're going to store up our treasure in heaven. We're going to refocus. So some of us, we may need to think about what, where's our treasure at? We need to refocus those things in our life. So what do we do until Jesus comes? Refocus on what matters. Church, we need to do that. Number two, we need to reach people because reaching people matters. Revelations 22, verse 17. God closes Revelation with this invitation. He says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Let us be a part of inviting people the same way God ended Revelation in inviting people to say, come, and let him come who hears this. Let's be a part of that invitation. That's why we must reach out to people and say, hey, listen, there's, there's life. You don't have to go through all this junk. You don't have to go through this alone, that Jesus has come and he's made a way for you not only to live for eternity, but have this life, the life of God here on this earth and have it have meaning. Jude 1, says this, Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire. I love that. Let's be people who snatch others from the fire and save them and to others show mercy. 
We need to reach out to people. This is what's eternal. Man, I'm, I'm thinking, I was thinking about last week when I was talking about the tribulation. When I was studying about this, I'm thinking, man, I need to get busier reaching people for the kingdom of God. That is what is eternal. And then number three, we need to renew our relationship with God. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss your reward. I mean, some of us may be listening here and you're far away from the Lord. We need to renew our relationship. Come to Him. Get excited to Him. Some of you are listening and you're, you're far away from the Lord. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen, I'm telling you, Jesus came and He died on the cross for us. He gave everything up so we might have life. Not only just now, but for eternity Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart saying, listen, let me in. Sin has made us all separate from God until Jesus came. And Jesus made a way by us just saying yes and receiving that free gift made a way for us to have a relationship with our Creator, to have life and have it more abundantly here on this earth, but for eternity. Look at what 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 says. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Make every effort to do that. So that may be you right now. Maybe you've been coming to church on and off. But you know your relationship is not right with him. You haven't been passionate with him. Make that change today. Just say, Jesus, I'm sorry for, for allowing other things of this world to capture my atten attention. I lay those things down and I give you my life completely again. He loves you. He's not mad at you. Give it completely to him. Or you may be one of those right now that says, I've never given my life to Christ. I don't even know what that means. Listen, Jesus loves you. And you're, I know you're listening. And inside of your heart right now, you know there's something missing. Because I was there over 30-some years ago. I knew when I was listening to somebody on my TV screen back then telling me I needed Jesus. And I knew. I didn't know what he was talking about. But I knew that I needed something more. And I prayed a prayer that he prayed on that, on that television screen. And I said yes to Jesus. And I've never looked back. And listen, maybe you need to say yes to Jesus today. Because what I've been talking about in this series, what I talked about today, that judgment, that great white throne judgment is going to happen. And I don't want you to be there and not know Jesus with your name not written in the book of life. How do you get your name written in the book of life? By just giving your life to him today. And if you want to do that, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me wherever you're at. Repeat it with your mouth. The Bible says, if we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he was raised from the dead, that he died for us, then we shall be saved. I want to give you an opportunity to become a follower of Jesus right now. Just by praying that prayer. Say, Sean, is that, that all I have to do? Yeah, that's the first step into receiving him 
That's what you have to do. God has given this first step. He says, just give it. Give your life to me. I've done it all. I died for you. I was punished for you so you might be saved. So we can receive this reward, this, this, this heaven, this eternity, this life that he wants to give you. He wants to come into your life and change your life right now. So bow your heads wherever you're at and let's pray this prayer right now. And repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I love you. I need Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. I open my life to you and receive you as my Savior, my Lord. I may not know all about that yet. I just know I need something, and I believe it is you. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of my life right now and make me the kind of person you want me to be. And from this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. You are now a follower of Christ. And listen, all your sins are forgiven. Everything that you've done bad in your life is now forgotten by God. Now, you may remember him. Uh, Other people may remember him, but God, and he's the one who counts, doesn't remember him at all. He has wiped your slate clean. You are now a new creation, the Bible talks about. And listen, this is what I want to do. I want to help you with this. I want to help you with some next steps, what you need to do, and, and, and let you understand what happened this morning. And so if you could do something for me, if you could uh, email us at contactus at cornerstonelife.org and tell us, I gave my life to Jesus. That's all you have to say. We will email you back or we'll send you some more information. Um, Give us your email or give us your uh, address. We'll send you some information on what is next. If um, you're on our website right now, you can just click that button. I gave my life to Jesus. We'll get a hold of you from that. Um, if uh, on YouTube, just get a hold of us. Put in the comments, I gave my life to Jesus. We will get a hold of you on Facebook, YouTube, wherever, and uh, get you some information. Also, I want to personally pray for you this week and uh, because I'm believing God for some great things. You're, there's so much to know about God, and we want to help you along your journey as you follow Jesus. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not going to make you perfect right now. There's, there's some things you're going to walk through, but he's going to walk with you in them. He loves you. There is now no condemnation. He loves you as a son, as a daughter. And uh, what a better day as Mother's Day to give our lives to Jesus. So listen, I encourage you to do that and uh, be blessed in that. We we'll look forward to for hearing from you. Everybody else, thank you for joining us. And I encourage you to like and share this video because I believe people need to know this message of what's going to happen in the end times. But look at the reward. Heaven, uh, the new earth, our new bodies is the reward. And I thank Jesus for that.